Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, a couple months ago, my wife and I were watching this show called Succession. It's on HBO. Maybe some of you have seen it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I'm not necessarily endorsing it because it is super profane in a variety of ways, so viewer discretion advised. Uh, but Succession is a show about this family that is super rich, but they're also super dysfunctional. And uh, the, the father, the patriarch of this uh, family is a guy named Logan Roy. And he's the founder and the owner of this international media conglomerate. And he's getting closer to retirement. And um, so he's got these grown children and, and they're all angling to, to try to be the one who gets to take over this company whenever he finally steps down. And Logan's children have a pretty horrible relationship with him because throughout their life, he's always prioritized his work over them. Um, and he's always saying things and, and doing things that are hurtful and they don't really trust him and they're not sure that he really loves them. And Logan's children also have a pretty horrible relationship with each other too. They're always throwing each other under the bus and, and stabbing each other in the, the back. The, the family is just very dysfunctional. And, and even though they have all the money in the world, uh, all of the family members are, are fairly miserable. Well, there's the scene in, in one of the episodes where this dysfunctional family, they end up going to family therapy to try to work through some of their issues. And they all get in the room together and the therapist has the, the children go around first and share about how their father makes them feel. And so they share about the, the pain that they're carrying and the sense of neglect that they feel, the sense of mistrust that they feel. And then the therapist gives Logan, the, the father, a chance to, to respond to all of this. And by this point, Logan is visibly angry and, and he's visibly defensive and he pauses for a second. And then he says, everything I've ever done, I've done it for my children. Everything I've ever done, I've done it for my children. And it's this moment of supreme irony and, and deep sadness uh, because he might actually believe that that's true, but nobody else does, especially not his children. There might have been some point earlier in his career where he really did uh, put the focus on doing right by his children, but clearly somewhere along the way, uh, something changed. Uh, somewhere along the way, the, the pressures of having to build this international company, the anxieties of this job, the uncertainties that came with this job, all of that caused him to, to lose sight of who he wanted to be and, and the kind of father that he had intended to be. He had convinced himself that it was all for his children, but in reality, the life that he lived and the decisions that he made, all of that ended up just hurting his children and making his whole family miserable as a result. He became a kind of person that he never intended to be. Well, I thought about that scene this week because it illustrates something that I want us to pay attention to this morning. That when we face seasons in our own lives, seasons of pressure and anxiety and, and uncertainty, whether that's in our career or, or in our personal life, it's, it's easy for us to lose sight of who we want to be. It's easy for us to accidentally become someone we never intended to be. And that's because when we're under a lot of stress 
we can kind of go into survival mode and we can get into this, this scarcity mindset. We can start doing things that we're not really proud of, but we convince ourselves that we're just doing what we have to do or we're feeling afraid, we're feeling scared, and it just feels safer to kind of go along, to get along, and, and to just kind of do what everybody else is doing. And it causes us to lose sight of, of who we want to be. I wonder if you've ever had the experience where you, you said something or you did something, maybe you, you thought something and then you caught yourself and, and you thought, wait, I never intended to be the kind of person who would do that. Uh, I never intended to put this much of my ego into my salary or I never intended to treat my family this way or I never intended to be so judgmental towards other people or, or whatever it is. But, but somewhere along the way, I lost sight of the, the person that I do want to be. I'm guessing that's an experience that many of us have had in one way or another. Um, and, and it's a risk we all face, uh, especially during times of anxiety and uncertainty. I think all of that is true, whether you are a Christian or not a Christian or whatever, but it's extra important for Christians to pay attention to this because for Christians, uh, we believe that the purpose of our lives is not just to be who we want to be. It's, it's so much bigger than that. We have a calling. We have a mission from God, right? And God says to us, hey, I want you to be the kind of person who reflects my love out into the world. God says, I want you to be the kind of person that when other people look at you and they look at how you live and how you make decisions, when they look at how you treat people, that they see an accurate reflection of me and my love, God says. That's who I want you to be. But you see, in, in times of anxiety, in times of uncertainty, it's easy for us to, to lose sight of that divine calling on our lives and, and we can become a different kind of person. And when that happens, we, we miss out. We miss out on the life that God is calling us to live. We miss out on the, the kind of opportunities that we have to, to love and serve others uh, and, and the opportunity to live a better, fuller, more rewarding life as a result. Now, I bring all this up today because I know that for many of us, we're in one of those seasons of anxiety and uncertainty right now. For many of us, this is a time of so much stress and, and so many Unknowns. You know, we're living through this phase of the pandemic right now where on the one hand, uh, the vaccines are rolling out. And, and for many of us, I know parts of our lives are, are starting to get back towards normal. But on the other hand, the virus is still spreading and, and we've got these variants going around and there's still so much of our life that's not back to normal. And we're kind of stuck in this messy middle and, and we're navigating all of this gray area. Those of you in education, I know many of you are getting back in the classroom in, in different ways, but there's all these new restrictions and there's all these new ways of doing things. Those of you in business, you may be leading your company through the reopening process right now. Those of you in medicine, um, you may be navigating new policies and new procedures as this whole situation continues to evolve. And, and whatever your career field, I know many of us are, are trying to figure out how we can start seeing our family again and our, our friends again. But as we do that, different People have different comfort levels and different people have different vaccination statuses. And there's just so much gray area, so much anxiety because there's so much uncertainty. 
Uh, even if all this reopening stuff isn't really affecting you much personally, I can tell you that it's definitely affecting our church community right now. We're facing so many questions about what kind of gatherings can we do safely and, and responsibly, and when will worship be in person again? I know that's a question that, that many of you have right now, and what are the restrictions on that? What's it going to feel like? Uh, where is that going to be? And how can we keep offering online church like this as we add in in-person church without just crushing our staff and, and our volunteers and, and on and on and on. The, the questions keep going. And we're working hard to get clarity about all of that. And we're going to figure it out and we'll communicate to you. Um, but, but there are so many questions and so much uncertainty. And what's true for us as individuals is actually also true for us collectively as a church community. That in times of uncertainty, it's easy for us to, to lose sight of who God is calling us to be. And if we're not careful, we can start making decisions based on nostalgia, or we can start making decisions based on our own self-interest, or we can start making decisions based on what we see everybody else doing. And then if we're not careful, we, we can start becoming someone we never intended to be. So for, for all of us individually, and, and certainly for us collectively as a church community, it's so important in this turbulent season of life. It's, it's so important that we stay focused. It's just so important that we stay devoted to God and to God's calling for us. Um, because if we can stay devoted to God and, and to God's calling, that gives us an anchor that keeps us steady during these turbulent times. It reminds us that, that we're not alone in all of this uncertainty, that this too shall pass. It reminds us that we don't need to compromise our calling. We don't need to compromise our identity, even though we're not exactly sure what the future holds for us. That's the power of staying devoted, and that's actually what our new sermon series is all about. Uh, today, we are kicking off this new sermon series called Devoted, and we're going to be looking at the example of the very first Christians. You know, right after Jesus' resurrection and, and right after Jesus ascended back into heaven, uh, Jesus' first followers, they entered this extremely turbulent time of their own. And in fact, they faced uh, anxieties and, and uncertainties that, that honestly make our current situation look like a walk in the park by comparison. I'll say more about that in just a second. But under those circumstances, it would have been so easy for them to get distracted. It would have been so easy for them to lose focus and, and to just become something that Jesus never intended for them to be. But instead, they were intentional and they were proactive and they stayed devoted as individuals and as a community, they stayed devoted to God and to God's calling. In this sermon series, we're going to focus on four specific practices, four habits that help to keep them devoted during that really stressful time that they faced because those exact same practices can help us to stay devoted during this time as well. Now, before we look at the first of those practices today, um, I want to make sure we take a second to, to remember just how much uncertainty those first Christians faced. Because when you stop and think about it, it's really pretty incredible. You know, today, looking back, uh, we kind of take it for granted that this whole Jesus movement survived and, and eventually thrived, right? It grew into this worldwide thing that we now call Christianity. 
And now there are Christians on almost every continent, uh, I think every continent, and, and almost every country with, with all kinds of languages and cultures and, and ethnicities. Um, it's, it's the largest world religion. About a third of all human beings on this planet today identify as Christians. Um, and because of that, when we hear the word church, whether that word gives you good vibes or, or bad vibes, uh, many of us think about buildings where Christians go to worship. Or the, we hear the word church and we think about denominations with uh, hierarchies and doctrines and, and rules. Uh, or we hear the word church and we think about organized religion. But uh, a few minutes ago, we read this passage from the book of Acts in the New Testament. A-C-T-S, not A-X. A-C-T-S. And Acts tells us how the church got started uh, initially. And the church we hear about in, in this passage in Acts chapter 2, this is just super different than the kind of church that many of us think about today. See, at this point, uh, this is just a, a couple of months after Jesus ascended back into heaven. And here, uh, church is not a building. Church is not an, an institution, but it's a gathering. Church is a, a community. And at this point, it was a pretty tiny community. Um, there's probably just a little over 3,000 Christians total here. Um, and that's like all totaled in the entire world. Um, and at this point, all of the Christians are ethnically Jewish. They're, they're not very diverse yet. Um, and, and most all of them live in the same city of Jerusalem. They're kind of the opposite of a world religion here. They're just this fledgling little group. And they've got this, this huge vision, and they've got this incredible message of God's love, but, but really not much else. And it actually seemed pretty unlikely that this little Jesus movement would even survive. In fact, the, the local authorities there in Jerusalem, they were doing everything they could to make sure that this new movement did not survive. Uh, Christians during this period were constantly being arrested and tortured and beaten. In, in some cases, Christian leaders were actually put to death. Uh, you know, we got big challenges today, but um, you don't have to worry about your small group leader getting arrested. Um, you don't have to worry about me getting executed for standing up here talking about Jesus on Sundays. If your friend doesn't show up to our next kindred church gathering, you don't have to worry about whether you're never going to see them again. But, but that's the kind of anxiety and uncertainty that these first Christians were facing on a daily basis. And under those circumstances, it would have been so easy to lose focus, right? It would have been so easy to just kind of give up on being the community that Jesus had called them to be. But they knew, they knew that God was with them. And they knew that they had this calling. And they knew that the world needed this new kind of community called the church. The world needed this message that they had to share of God's inclusive, unconditional love that they had learned about through Jesus. And so instead of losing focus, instead of giving up on God's vision for them, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to God so that they wouldn't lose sight of who God was calling them to be. And for those of us who are Christians today, for those of us who believe in God's inclusive, unconditional love today, in so many ways, we are the result of their devotion. We know about that love today because of these people's commitment to keep being the community Jesus called them to be, even in the face of this extraordinary anxiety and uncertainty. That's the power of staying devoted. 
Well, with the few minutes that we have left today, I want us to think about one of the ways that those first Christians stayed devoted, because this gives us a super helpful example that we can follow in our own lives and, and together as a church. Um, at the beginning of the passage that we read a few minutes ago, here's what it says. Um, this is Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, The believers, meaning the church, that community of people following Jesus together, uh, the believers devoted themselves, and then Luke, who's the guy who, who wrote the book of Acts, um, Luke tells us about four specific ways that these first Christians stayed devoted. He says they stayed devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. That's how they stayed devoted. In the weeks ahead, we'll, we'll talk about community, we'll talk about shared meals and, and prayers, but for today, I want to talk for, for just a minute about that first thing, the apostles' teaching. What does it mean that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and, and how is this helpful for us today? Well, some of you know this, um, but that word apostles, that, that's kind of shorthand for those original followers of Jesus, who Jesus then commissioned to be leaders in this new community, this new movement called the church. These are the people that Jesus appointed to, to go out and to teach others what he had first taught them. And so when we read that those first Christians devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, what that means is that they committed themselves to continue learning more and more and more about Jesus. Uh, they, they, they made it a habit to keep listening to the stories of the things that Jesus did. They made it a habit to, to keep listening to the kinds of things that Jesus had taught, learning and remembering over and over again who God is in the way that Jesus reveals God to us. Now, why did they prioritize that? Well, it's because learning and remembering Jesus, learning more about who God is, all of that helps us to stay focused on who we're called to be so that we don't accidentally start becoming someone that we never intended to be. And that's why it's so important that wherever you're at on your faith journey, whether you're new to church and maybe you don't even consider yourself a, a Christian yet, um, or whether you're a seminary professor and you've got a doctorate degree in, in biblical studies, wherever you're at, it's so important for all of us to make it a habit in our lives to keep learning more about Jesus because it keeps us focused on our calling, it keeps us devoted, and that's especially true in times of anxiety and times of uncertainty. So I'll wrap up this morning with this encouragement for you. As we're going through our own time of anxiety and uncertainty, um, I wonder, what are the habits, what are the rhythms in your life that are helping you to keep learning more about Jesus? And I wonder, uh, how could you be more intentional about that during this season? I got a few suggestions for you. Um, first, if you don't already tune in to worship every week, I'd encourage you to, to make that a habit. Because every time we gather together for worship and every time we come together online to, to worship, it's an opportunity to, to learn more about Jesus through the prayers that we pray and through the songs that we sing and, and the scriptures that we read and the sermons that we listen to. It's a great way to, to keep learning. Uh, if you're not already in one of our weekly online small groups, I'd encourage you to, to get involved with one because every week in our groups, we spend time together exploring a passage of scripture and we talk about Jesus together. We're going to be starting our new summer small groups in, in just a, a few weeks here, and it's a great time to, to jump in and try one out. 
Um, if you don't already have a habit of reading scripture on your own, I'd encourage you to start trying to carve out at least a little bit of time in your week to, to read some scripture. If you're not sure where to begin, I, I recommend that you start with the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament. You can look it up and you could just take a, a chapter or two at a time or maybe 15 minutes at a time. It tells the story of Jesus. And as you read through that, there's going to be some stuff in there that you don't understand. And that's okay. Nobody understands all of it. Um, there's probably going to be some stuff in there that, that you don't like, that rubs you the, the wrong way. And that's true for, for all of us as well. But as we continue to learn more, it, it keeps us focused on Jesus and, and on our calling. And in all of these ways, we can keep learning about Jesus and, and making sure that we're staying devoted so that we can continue to be who God is calling us to be. Uh, you know, none of us knows exactly what these next few months are going to hold for us. Um, none of us knows exactly what these next few months are going to hold for our church community. But as we're making the plans and as we're working through all of that gray area, what we do know is that God is with us. And what we do know is that God's calling for us hasn't changed. So we can stay devoted to that. And if we do, we can make an incredible impact on the people around us. And if we stay devoted to God and God's calling on us, we're gonna end up right where we need to be. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious and, and loving God, we thank you for your presence with us during this turbulent season of life, uh, during this time when we face so much uncertainty. God, continue to remind us of your presence and continue to empower us to stay devoted to you, Lord. Uh, we can't see very far into the future in, in so many ways right now. So give us the faith that we need to, to continue to trust um, and, and give us the, the wisdom that we need to stay focused on learning more about you, to stay focused on the calling that you've given us individually and the calling that you've given us collectively as a church community. We, we trust that you're going to continue to show up, that you're going to continue to work within us and, and through us um, for the kingdom work that you've given us to do. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for guiding us. And we pray all of this in the name of your risen son. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Kindred Church Podcast. If this episode was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also enjoy it. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast here and give us a rating that helps us connect with more listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.